welcome along the gardening programme. In case you missed it, returned last Saturday morning. Porrick Horkin, good morning good to morning, you. Good morning, Deirdre. It did indeed. Yeah. Today's a beautiful day, isn't it? A lovely autumnal it is. day. Now, you know, I know we're gone to back to darker mornings, or at least for we me, are. when I get up at that earlier hour. Um, but yeah, by the time I had arrived in the studio this morning, the sun had come up. Yeah, and there's a bit, little bit of blue sky out there. Not a huge amount, but it is there. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take we'll it. We'll take it. There's and no the, rain. And things aren't too bad. Yeah, so perfect weekend for gardening, it's I lovely. suspect. Yeah. And, and I think we're getting into that that season. You can feel the cooler temperatures, can't you, in the morning and the evening time? And uh, and the leaves are starting to fall a little. They bit. are, and they're beginning yeah. to colour. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we look at we're tipping into autumn, but uh, that's not to say there's not lots to be done yeah. in the garden. And uh, of course, it's the harvest time, and and um, this Monday, the uh, community in Strade in County Mayo, the home of Michael Davitt. Okay. Isn't he born there in in, in Strade in County Mayo? Um, so they've asked me to come along on Monday. At eight o'clock, uh, they've set up a marquee on the church grounds and they're celebrating a hundred years of the community in Strange oh, with a harvest festival. I thought it was a very nice idea. Absolutely. And I believe a lot of the parishioners have brought uh, produce that they've grown during the summer months to the church and it's on display at the moment. So they have a number of activities running right through this weekend. But on Monday at eight o'clock, I'll be there to talk autumn gardening. To talk autumn gardening. And Very to celebrate good. the harvest. Yeah. And of course, gardening is always, the autumn is always associated with gardening as the start of the gardening year mm. because it's a time for planting. It's a time, I suppose, for collecting the seed off plants and, and take the fruit from the plants. But it's also a time for propagating plants, for planting new plants. It was always associ- associated with root plants mm. where mm. we dug plants up from the nursery and replanted them like hedges, roses, trees and shrubs. Um, so many years ago, before we got, we got very modern in putting plants into pots, that was the way the plants were sold dur- dur- during the autumn period. And bulbs, of course, the, all the autumn bulbs and spring flowering bulbs, they're planted at this time Some of year. year. Mm. So we, we sometimes think that the gardening season finishes mm. as we head into October. But in another sense, it's the start of the garden cycle again. So they're the sort of things I'm going to be talking about on Monday evening. I'm going to be sharing with people some of the great plants that you can plant now for winter spring um autumn winter and spring color i'm going to be talking about trees in particular um flowering and, and foliage trees some winter and spring bulbs some children's gardening Lovely. so what are the things that we can do over the autumn period over the next say six weeks as we come into halloween with the children and um you know just share a few ideas on on getting the kids gardening we're going to talk about some herbs the sort of herbs you can grow during the winter. So there's lots of perennial Yeah, because sometimes herbs. I think we think that herbs are, you know, the fair weather basil. plant. Well, the basil <laughs> springs basil, to mind. Don't we? Yeah. yeah, and I always find coriander a bit of a challenge as well. I think I just don't weed it out or, you know, separate it out enough, uh, soon enough. But, um, yeah, they're, like a parsley is a great uh, herb that is there all the time it's, it's once a, you kind of just keep an eye on it. Exactly, and there's lots of good garden herbs like rosemary, thyme, um, the bay leaf, that sage. Are, sage, all of those that are perennial that you can use on a regular basis during the winter period. So now is a really good time for planting those. So I'll be talking about that and also about propagating plants. So I'm going to bring along some plants that I've propagated over the last couple of weeks. Remember last week I had some yeah. of the agaranthemums in. There's a few other plants that I've propagated. So I'm going to show people how to propagate their own plants. Brilliant. Um, so look at it. It's, it's next Monday 8 o'clock and straight. It's a free event. Um, it's undercover so it's in the marquee mm-hmm. and we're going to be celebrating the harvest but we're also going to be talking about autumn gardening for about an hour, an hour and a half. Great stuff. So 8pm next Monday in Strade, in the community in Strade, 
Um, uh, it's just outside Balavari there, between Balavari and, and Foxford. And it promises to be a good evening, I hope. Okay, I have looking forward to it anyway. so I would say that there will be quite a gathering <laughs> as well, and to everybody in Strayed in advance, uh, congratulations on the centenary celebrations that they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great. I think it's a great community, com- community event. Now, speaking of good mm. weather, there's lots of things that people can do today in their garden. Um, and, you know, we touched on it last week. This time of year is kind of a time where we're, I suppose, tidying up the garden. We're still mowing the grass. We're feeding the lawns with autumn feed to keep the colour going. We're controlling moss in lawns. But it's also a good time of year to tidy back plants. So things like herbaceous border plants like hostas, um, delphiniums, lupins, all of those plants that have been flowering during the summer months, now is a good time to tidy them back. So anything that's kind of going to seed or has finished flowering, you can trim it back and tidy it up. But it's also a great time of year, particularly this sort of weather, for digging plants up like hostas and splitting them. Right. So if you want to propagate your plants, rhubarb, for example, is a great plant to lift at this time of year in mid-September. Take a sharp spade too, divide it into several pieces. You rejuvenate the plant. You actually make the plant young again, but you're also propagating the plant, something that you can give to neighbours and friends or put in other areas of the garden. So hostas are a great example. If you lift a mature hosta, it'll be two or three feet in diameter you'll split it into six or eight pieces which can be replanted again in other parts of the garden or given away to family and friends and if nothing else you're actually rejuvenating that plant you're making it young again encouraging it to produce lots of new growth is hosta, hosta is a plant uh, which you know it's that, that lovely leafy plant yes. does it grow does it die back during the winter time or it does, it does fully it disappears so right. many herbaceous plants like hosta like the calla lilies are one of exactly, those things exactly all yeah. of those now the calla lilies are still in flower yeah. many herbaceous plants continue to flower during autumn and early winter like anemones like chrysanthemums echinacea still in flower rudbeckias they're still in bloom so I'd, w- I'd leave those for another couple of weeks. Mm. But the same uh, principle can be done in the middle of October with the autumn flowering uh, herbaceous yes, plants. Right. But those that have gone out of flower, so hostas are grown for the lovely big leaves. They also flower, which is lovely blue or white flowers, depending on the varieties. Um, but they're mainly grown for ground cover, for foliage effect. They look brilliant if you plant them in clusters of the same colour. But this is the time of year for propagating them. So if you want plants for free, start t- tidying them back now, dig them up and splitting them. And many herbaceous plants can be propagated by division. And the great thing about dividing a plant is that you get exactly the same replica. So if it has green and yellow foliage, that's exactly the plant that you're going to get by propagating it. So a still base, many of the grasses can be propagated by division as well. Um, Plants like irises. Um, So many of the summer flowering herbaceous plants, this is a really good time to plant them into the garden, but also if you've got them in your garden, to tidy them back for winter and to maybe think about uh, dividing them. We control there's been lots of um, great strong growth over the last five to six weeks with this kind of moist weather. Mm. So there's a lot of weed activity at the moment. So my advice really today, again, is to take control of that. Go out with the garden hoe. If you, if you want a daylight today, if you hold the weeds off, they'll die out very quickly. Or if you want to use something like a, a, one of the treatments, use something like Weed Free 360, which will kill back any weeds that are there without contaminating the soil. Right. Or some of the brushwood killers, if you've got more persistent weed like mare's tail, um, brambles, that type of more gorsy, woodier type weeds. Ivy, for example, this yeah. is the time of year because weeds are naturally dying back. They're beginning to, with the cooler temperatures, they're starting, the sugars are breaking down, there's, it's, the um, sap is returning to the roots. So if you put a treatment on at this time of year in autumn, you get a very good kill. For example, nettles, uh, dandelions, uh, docks will die back, uh, particularly if they're treated in the autumn. So it's a good idea to look at weed control because many of them are sowing, are producing seed themselves. And right. if they're left... 
uh, for the autumn that's period. Great. You're that's just, just going to that's next year's generation okay. starting off. So yeah. It's a good idea to tidy up the garden, get a bit of weed control going. Autumn planting of onion sets. This is the time of year in mid September when we plant onion sets for use in spring and early summer. Okay. So it's a you know it's again it's probably. Um, Something we associate may possibly with springtime, but this is the time actually in September. There's a variety called Radar, which is a very good winter hardy onion set. So for listeners that might be taking out, say, uh, potatoes, uh, I think we had a couple of questions last week with listeners digging out new potatoes, yeah. or if you're cleaning out your vegetable garden, rather than leaving it bare for the winter, you can plant uh, onion winters, winter We're sets trying, in yeah. now. They're totally winter hardy. They grow during the winter period and you harvest them in late spring or early summer of next year and they give really large onions that you use then during the summer, summer months. Right. So keep an eye out for those. And they'll, they'll come in, in kind of around April time, is it? Uh, well, or? a little bit later, about right. normally about the middle May. of May. If you have a tunnel or a greenhouse, yeah. certainly they'll come for, they'll be ready to pick in in May, but out of doors, about the middle of June, uh, late June, where if you plant the sets normally in in, in springtime. So springtime, you're looking at late August, August September, August. this okay. time of year, really. Um, so you're just getting a job. And generally, onions, funny enough, are expensive at that time of year to buy because they're all because, imported. Right. Uh, so it's a good idea to plant them now. Um, the sowing of seeds as well. We, mm-hmm. we mentioned last week things like all the hardy annuals. So I'm thinking of plants like night-scented stock, sweet pea. This is the time in autumn to sow sweet pea. If you sow it now, it will germinate before we get into the depths of winter. You can plant it safely out of doors. And by planting sweet pea from seed in autumn, it ensures you get longer stems, bigger blooms and lot, lot, a lot more colour earlier colour from sweet pea. So it's just more robust plant in general. It's a stronger plant, yeah. bigger blooms, um, it flowers earlier, so again it'll start flowering about the end of June for you, whereas if planting them in springtime, you're going to be a month later. Right. So it's a good time of year, and we still got the temperatures. Um, yeah, because we were talking about 15, 16, 17 degrees exactly. there over the weekend. So it's a really yeah, easy so way to, yeah. to, to sow seeds at this time of the year. So I'm thinking of English marigolds, sweet peas, a lovely plant called Godetia, which flowers like an azalea, it's got those lovely pink and white flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you sow it at this time of year, it'll flower in May, early June of next year. It's winter hardy. It only grows about 10 inches in height. It's a real old cottage garden plant, right, so but it's been forgotten. Godetia. Godetia, yeah. G-O-D-E-T-I-A, Godetia. Okay. And it comes in azalea-type colours. Very colourful plant. So simple to grow from seed. Cheap as chips to buy. Okay. They're all, that, uh, that's so all positive. Then. Look for the hardy annuals. They're, that's what I'm saying, really. At this time of year, whilst we still have the temperatures, you can sow them directly out of doors or you can sow them indoors to plant out later in the season. And indeed, wildflowers. This is the time of year if you want to kind of wildflower meadow mm. or to kind of tidy up an area, maybe where you're planting some spring bulbs to add some wildflower uh, seed in as well. Things like the poppies and corn flowers. You'll generally get them in a, in a mix uh, in the local garden centre, wildflower mix sown now. They'll germinate and grow it during the autumn and winter and then come into flower April, May, June of next year. Okay. And if you mix them with spring flowering bulbs, remember we were talking about the, somebody asked about scented tulips. I actually yes. rooted out a pack for you. Oh, okay. There they go. Oh, and, and scented, the very first scented tulip collection, ideal for containers and porters. Yeah. And Fragrant they're, even. They're fra- that's it. Well, that's it. They're, they're a collection of tulips pulled together for their scent. Perfect for borders and containers. So this is the time of year for putting in all the spring flowering bulbs okay. like the Narcissi, Snowdrops, Bluebells. I think there's like a collection uh, where you'll get 150 days of colour. Oh. So a mixture of different bulbs. 
that starts start in and December and flower right through for 150 days. Not obviously different varieties yes. that have come into bloom over that period. <laughs> yeah. But because so it, it kind of takes some of the guesswork out of it for you. Because actually that was something I was thinking. I said, okay, so if you start off with the snowdrops and then you've got the crocuses and then yeah. you've got the daffodils and you've got the tulips and this kind of puts it all together in a package for you. It does. You. Yeah. It pulls the whole thing together and gives you 150 days of colour. And there's other collections for uh, children to plant but also uh, those that are designed for bringing butterflies and beneficial insects into your garden as well in, in spring and early summer. So um, good time to plant. And this sort of a day like today, it's pl- perfect planting condition for spring flowering bulbs and plants in general. Excellent. Although it's not technically a hedge, uh, there is a question on holly trees as well. Okay. So actually, I will start with that one. Um, how can I take cuttings from holly trees and when do we prune the masks, Mary and Sligo? Okay, well, you can prune them lightly now uh, because the berries are beginning to form on holly. So it's, it's, they're quite visible. So you can trim back to the berries and just tidy up the plant. And holly makes actually a fantastic hedge because it's very slow growing. Uh, it's evergreen. It comes in a whole range of different varieties from the plain green leaf varieties to lovely varieties like Golden King or Silver Queen um, which have got variegated foliage and um, the variety like Golden King produces beautiful red berries which the birds dislike. They tend to leave the berries on until about April uh, on that particular variety. So mm. that makes a beautiful hedge up mm. to about six or seven feet. Good time. You can trim it lightly now. If there's any severe pruning to be done with it, leave that over until the berries have faded in, in April um, hollies are difficult to propagate from cuttings they're one of these plants that are tricky they're slow to root you really need to get yourself an electric propagator so it's like a small seed tray with wire cables in the bottom like an electric ban- blanket right. it's exactly what it's like you fill it with compost you take your holly cuttings quite short about 4 inches long again strip off all the leaves put a little bit of rooting powder put them into the heated propagator maybe 40 or 50 cuttings will fit into the small little uh, propagator sit it on your windowsill at home and plug it in and cover the cuttings with some cling film to keep the moisture in now they'll take about 8 maybe 12 weeks to root so they're very very slow to root but well worth a try if you've got an electric propagator and so it's a simple little device ideal for the more tricky cuttings uh, like hollies rhododendrons azaleas those more tricky plants the other thing if you just want a couple of plants you could do is to get the little um uh, globe what do i call it the The, cutting uh, cutting globe globe. the cutting globe Mm. yeah so that's uh, comes in a whole range of different sizes and that fits onto the stem. Uh, you make a small incision in the stem, wrap the cutting globe around it and the plant roots while it's still attached to the mother plant, the stem roots while it's still attached to the mother plant. So that's a, another method if you only want one or two mm. plants. Um, having said that, you can buy holly, young plants of holly quite cheaply in the autumn if you are putting in a hedge. And as, as I said at the top of the programme, they come in a whole range of different colours and different varieties. But a really great hedge uh, because... But the fact that it grows slowly means that there's very, very little trimming mm. on the, the holly hedge. I have a hedge in, in my own garden. I'm just actually thinking that I cut the beech hedge about four or five weeks ago. I haven't trimmed the holly hedge at all, all this year. Right. So um, That goes to show it's, you. Yeah, yeah, but it still makes a beautiful hedge up to about six. Hedge now is about probably seven feet. Yeah. Um, and it looks terrific. terrific. It's hardy. It's easy to grow. It brings the wildlife in because they love to nest in the holly hedge, but also they eat the berries at, at some stage during the, yeah. the spring But there isn't period. an excess of maintenance. There isn't. No, yeah. compared to laurel or lilandia yeah. or something that's very, very vigorous. Now, you have to be patient with holly because it does take a, com- a number of years to establish itself. But long term, it makes a wonderful edge. And it's not a, hedge, a plant we generally... It's not the go-to plant when we think about hedging. Yeah. Um, so it's something I would encourage people to consider planting. 
Um, and it comes in so many different colours. Lovely to cut at Christmas time to bring in, put in a, a wreath or, or, or decorate a door or whatever. Um, so it's really nice. And, and as I say, it comes in so many different varieties. Um, not just the plain green, green variety. It comes in a whole range of different types. Okay, lovely. So that's the holly. Does that answer the question? It, it pretty much does, <laughs> yeah. Uh, removing an old dead hedge, what's best to replace? Well, uh, that's kind of a, yeah, it's, it's a subjective question, really. It is, but it, the, the key thing with when you're considering hedging is, you know, think about what ultimate height you want yeah. the hedge to grow to. Um, and, you know, things like, do you want it evergreen or deciduous? So do you want privacy and shelter as part of, of growing the hedge? So if you want, say, anything up to a around the six feet high, go for relatively slow-growing hedges. So don't put a, a vigorous plant in if you want a hedge that's going to be relatively low. Mm. So there's no point putting Lelandii or Laurel where you want a five or six foot hedge. Go for things like um, Golden Privet, Holly, as I mentioned, mm. Berberus makes a beautiful hedge. It's flowering, it's evergreen, a really nice plant. Uh, Portuguese Laurel, beautiful plant for hedging, it's, it's relatively slow growing as well. So go for the slow growing hedges. Boxwood, if you want a really small hedge up to about maybe two feet, three feet in height. If you want something more vigorous then obviously then there are plants like the common laurel, the, you know, that, that everybody knows. Yeah. And there are a range of different conifers that can be used as well. Uh, green privet will be quite strong as well. Beech makes a good hedge up to six, seven, eight, up to ten feet if you let it in time and comes in a whole range of different colour. But we are coming into the time of year for planting hedges. Uh, autumn is the time. Yeah. And that's simply because if you plant a hedge, put in a plant now in September, the roots continue to grow right through the winter period. So as we come into April and the growth starts, the plant is ready to go rather than planting the same plant in April. And, you know, you won't get the same strength of growth um, because the root system is simply growing all winter long. Yeah. So it'll actually quadruple the, the root the size over the winter period. So autumn planting is always associated with hedging plants. Okay, yeah. I would say that, uh, being the proud owner of the famous laurel yes. hedge at this stage, um, the one thing I would say to people is do think about the maintenance of it. Absolutely. Because while the wonderful laurel does look great, it takes a lot of cutting. And at I'm least not, twice yeah, a year. Yeah, it does, absolutely. So at least just, twice a year. Uh, think about how big of a space you have and who's going to do the cutting and all those kind of things because it does, you might, I didn't think about that now at the start. There you go. <laughs> Do I hear some regrets? No, I know actually no, because it is lovely. But it, there is a, there is a maintenance factor there yeah. that I probably didn't consider at the time. No, yeah, and I, if don't, went, I, don't, I don't mind it, but I prob I might have kind of said, mm, I wonder now was there was there another choice there that I yeah. maybe should have considered. And we tend to be in a rush. In, I was in, mad to get the hedge up. That's I, it. I, that was my 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 aim, my goal was to get it. Get, and that's get typical it up. of most people. Yeah, they, you know, yeah. give me a hedge that's going to yeah. be there tomorrow, yeah. type yeah. of thing, <laughs> without considering. And the the thing about planting a hedge is that it's a lifetime commitment. It is, It's not yeah. like kids that are going to disappear and at some stage. this year I really appreciated that commitment because yeah. it is now, as great. it's in a great state, um, but it does it's Twice as vigorous as anything and it yeah. does require the maintenance. It does. Yeah. And, and you know, some people are only turn it once a year and it starts to creep. You know, what was yeah. five feet yeah. becomes six feet and what's, does, yeah. what six feet becomes seven feet. And, next and I'm very short, you see, so... <laughs> So I'm afraid the hedge has well passed me uh, out of this stage. So maybe Portuguese laurel would have been a better choice or Berberus well, I, well, or I really laurel. wanted the hedge. Yeah, so yeah, it. you do have... You it, do. Is, it really is about, as you said, sit, sit down, write down what it is you want 
and uh, you know and decide because there will have to be a trade off somewhere there will uh, yeah as to whether it's maintenance or whether it's you know it's takes instant. a bit longer for it to grow or whatever it is yeah. um, but do make the informed decision because it's kind of one of those things where it's very hard to change it after the fact it sure if is there's any, if there's any bit of ground at all to be covered you're just not going to change it yeah. and you can see the, you know the typical example of this is Lelandii that was planted you know we, we rushed into those in the 80s and 90s planted them everywhere and you know look at them today they're, they're you know they're, yeah, they're becoming they're, problematic for yeah, people and now we're they're cutting a bit them like out. A, yeah they're a beast to yeah, be honest yeah. yeah so careful selection and remember there's so many plants there are you know i know a question came in there looking for something that would give color for the winter yeah, sorry, i think I was it know, yeah we have a couple more Sweet i'm just going to quit uh, the color for the winter sorry now actually i'm going to talk about the laurel one first because it's in front of me okay. um my laurel hedge has grown a foot or more in the last few weeks in the normal time is this normal at this time of the year it's six or seven years old has added six foot high when I when should I trim it? Well, you should have been trimming it from day one, John to be honest. Is in tune. <laughs> <laughs> and that's important when you are putting in hedging plants. Really, from the, the day you plant the hedge, you must remove a couple of inches of growth because if you and, and again, that's atypical of people will plant the hedge, mm-hmm. leave it, let it grow. Let Mad it to see it grow, grow right? Yeah, yeah. But it's important to actually train the hedge from the get go that you're actually trimming the sides and the top of the hedge. That encourages lateral growth, side growth, and it gets the hedge to fill in and knit in together. So that's important, even when you plant the hedge I would even the hedge off all at one height so in some plants you might be only taking an inch off the top of it others you might be taking four or five inches you get that even overall effect and the reason we do that is to encourage the plants to branch okay. to actually produce a nice fat full base and a, um, and kind of sloping upwards uh, but the growth over the last couple of weeks is, is very normal of this year it's been actually a great growing year trees have come into growth in the early spring they kind of stopped maybe around the the beginning of June as mm. the weather got warmer and then they started to grow again because the weather was yes. cool, it was moist, it was perfect growing conditions. Look at your grass, it's still growing. Yeah. So laurel and weeds and thing, other plants are still growing as we speak. So uh, Sean should trim that hedge back now. He might be removing a foot or 15 inches from the laurel hedge, top and sides. Mm. Tidy it back now, trim it up. It'll actually make some new growth between now and autumn. Right. But you know, now and, uh, and the end of October, you'll okay. get maybe three or four more inches. But get on top of it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now, in relation to the hedge, yeah, is, is there a plant which will create a hedge, but give me either flowers or berries or coloured leaves in winter and spring? Something to give colour is what yeah, we're so if for. Yeah, so winter colour. And the things that I suppose we, no, we don't generally associate with hedging plants is a lovely plant called Viburnum Eve Price or Viburnum Tinus, which flowers through the winter period. It's an evergreen plant, so it's got leaves like... Um, like the Portuguese laurel, they're very dark green, small, relatively small leaves, but these clusters of white flowers in the middle of winter. So at the moment, the buds are actually pink in colour and they'll open to a brilliant white. And they'll flower, because they're flowering in the winter, they'll flower right through until from the middle of October, right through till early April. Um, so that's a lovely plant, Viburnum tinus, winter flowering. Um, there's another really nice pa- plant that will give you... Um, good berry colours and is a great, great plant for seaside areas. It's a, a plant called Hippophae rhamnoides or sea buckthorn. Okay. You'll see the lovely orange berries on it at the moment. Mm. Um, they're like a Cape gooseberry type colour, that kind of a, an orangey berry. Mm. It's got silver foliage, willow-like leaves, a great seaside plant, a really Sounds tough, lovely. hardy seaside so, plant. So it's, what's it called again? It's, well, the, the common name for it is sea buckthorn. Right. Um, now, it is a, it's a thorny plant, a bit like whitethorn. It's got silver leaves and these lovely orange, orange berries, berries. Uh, in wintertime. Uh, a really nice plant. Um, so that makes a really good 
uh, seaside hedging plant, you've got very, plants that would variegated foliage like spotted laurel, like the hollies that we mentioned, a plant called Iliagnus, uh, variegated Iliagnus, which again is a really good seaside plant, but it's got lovely yellow and green foliage and gives really nice uh, winter colour. Pyracantha, which has its berries during the winter time, it comes in oranges, um, yellows and reds. Cotoneaster, they come in many different forms and again give great winter mm. colour and, and again loved by the birds in wintertime for uh, picking the fruits. Um, so Pyracantha, Cotoneaster and that sea buckthorn are very good for fruiting during the winter period. Okay. So there's quite a number of plants that would be a little bit different for um, hedging. Finally on the hedging Go front on. and then we'll move on. <laughs> uh, I've, po- I've box hedging for approximately five years. It's beginning to turn brown at the top and sides. Okay. Any advice? Okay, well, if, if it's planted out in the open ground, boxwood is gets this... Um, uh, a disease called boxwood blight. So it's a browning of the foliage. They generally go a kind of crispy colour and, and fall off. Um, there is a treatment for it called top box. So it's a, a, it's a blue tablet. You mm. mix it in water. You sp- simply spray it onto the foliage. It gives the plant a foliar feed, but also corrects the uh, box blight. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeing them suffering, going a bit discoloured, it's no harm to give them a treatment of top box. Top so box. You get it in any local garden centre. It's a small little tub of blue tablets, you simply put them in water, spray them on a day like today, within a couple of weeks it'll rectify the problem. Okay. You can trim off any of that brownish damaged wood first, do that first and then put on the, the top box treatment. Hi there, my tomatoes have started to ripen, just wondering with the colder evenings, will all the green fruits turn to red or should I pick them now? I'm a starter. Okay, well that's it's great. I mean mm-hmm. the tomatoes have been they're a bit slow this year because we haven't had the sunlight. Sun, yeah. But remember that they'll continue to ripen up until the end of October. So if they're in a greenhouse or polytunnel, then they're perfectly okay. They'll leave the green fruits to ripen. At that time of year or certainly as we go into kind of the middle towards the end of October, as we get into the frost your nights, it is a good idea to pick the, whatever green fruits are there then bring them into a, a warm windowsill that generally ripen there or if you put them in a brown paper bag or a polythene bag with a bit of fruit, an apple, piece of banana, anything like that, that'll help to ripen the tomato fruit as well. Right. I'm looking for flowering plants suitable for planting on a family grave to flower up until Christmas period. Okay, so kind of autumn, winter colour. Mm. Well, and uh, you know, a lot of the summer bedding, I suppose, is, is beginning to wane a small bit. So what will flower for the winter will be things like winter cyclamen, which are lovely. They're actually in flower at the moment. They're only about six inches high. They're perfect in window boxes and, and containers. Um, you've got all the primulas and polyanthus just coming into flower now. And again, they'll flower through till March of next year. Violas, winter pansies. Again, given good colour, they're just starting to bloom and again will flower irrespective of the weather through the winter period. Winter heathers are showing lovely colour at the moment, um, so they're just starting to bloom. And there's some nice ornamental peppers available. Uh, they're little capsicums that have fruits, little pepper fruits, fantastic colour for the autumn and winter period. So there's a whole range of autumn stroke winter flowering plants, uh, either with berries on them or with actual flowers on them that will continue to bloom. And they're perfect. Most anything that I mentioned there is under four to six inches in height. So it's perfect for containers and patio pots and that type of thing. And this is the time of year to put them in. Put in a few spring bulbs with them as well. Maybe a few dwarf tulips. Um, There's a lovely variety called Pinocchio. 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 Is it red? It's two-toned. It's actually uh, kind of a a, a pinky red and white. It only grows about ten inches high. Um, lovely big big flower on it or there's another really nice one called Red Riding Hood and that one is it's red, red. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Staying with the fairy tales. <laughs> but they're dark. They're nice and short. They're, okay. they're compact. very compact, yeah. perfect in window box and containers or hanging baskets. So you plant those maybe six inches down under, you know, in the centre of the compost and put your cyclamen and winter pansies right on top of them and the bulbs will force their way up through them Lovely. in the springtime. Now, um, when can I transplant fir bushes? Firs bushes. Well, by firs, twins. Twins. Yeah. Well, first of all, they're in the pea family, in the broom family or pea family, and plants in those in that family, like laburnum dislike being moved or dislike being transplanted. Now, having said that, if you get the firs when they're really small, so this year's seedling, um, so they'll be about maybe six inches high. they can be lifted at this time of year and transplanted or in October, any time kind of from now on, you can lift them. So you want to go for the really, really young plants. Uh, mature firs or winds won't transplant. Um, and I'm not sure right. why, why people want so to plant them anyway. Yeah, but w- they're <laughs> a bit of a weed, is it? So pick them when they're really small yeah. because uh, they dislike any sort of root disturbance. Otherwise like, you're going to, go and grow them from scratch or you're from seed. We can grow them from seed, yeah, or you can get young plants of them. Or okay. there are cultivated varieties of um, firs that, that, you know, for the garden, a variety called Genista Hispanica, the Spanish gorse, which only grows about a foot in height, about three feet in diameter. It's covered in yellow flowers like the... Like, right, the, the, like the one firs, we see in but the... But it's a really compact plant, right. lovely in gardens and, and really tough take and over? hardy. No, it doesn't because it literally only grows about a foot or maybe 18 inches in height okay. um, in its lifetime, but about three feet in diameter. So it makes this kind of perfect mound, lovely in rockeries or banks and slopes. Yeah, okay, Genista so if you're looking Hispanica. to fill in, is fill in a spot. That's somewhere. the cultivated variety. Yeah. But if you want to just uh, take the firs, or you can sow them from seed as well, you can okay. transplant them, but transplant them small. Yeah, and, and, and think about where you're from. Yeah, too, too, yeah. <laughs> uh, one more and we'll take a quick break then. And my bro- my mother-in-law has a small hedge or a small lawn. Sorry, I have hedges on the brain today. A small lawn. Two weeks ago, all over the lawn there were pea. Uh, there were like pockets of sand in, uh, with a hole in the middle. Uh, what is it, and how do you treat it? Well, it sounds like one of the. Um, is there something causing leather jackets yeah. or uh, cutworms that are underneath the soil? They're coming to the surface. They do at night time. They come mm. right up to the surface and they leave a small bit of of uh, soil left right on the surface. Um, if it's that, then you need to treat it. Um, you can use um, a, a proprietary insecticide to control that. You can use the nematodes if you want um, or an insecticide to control leather jackets because they're going to damage the lawn over the winter period. An easy way to check is to, to mix a bit of washing up liquid with water, throw it on the surface of the lawn and they'll come to the surface if they're there or just put a, a piece of polythene, black polythene, onto the lawn, leave it over, overnight, lift it in the morning and you'll see them underneath the polythene they'll come right to the surface yeah um, and if they're there you need to treat for them because the leather jackets will continue to feed during the winter period okay. and eat the roots of the lawn they don't stop they don't stop all right they're laid they're in, not in, seasonal or anything like that well no, they're the 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 larvae of the daddy long legs and they're laid generally in july right. particularly in a wet summer like this year into the grass they hatch out they feed during the winter period it and shows up as patches brown patches on the lawn um, and then they they mature in springtime. It's as daddy the, exactly. So they're they're actually using the lawn as a host and as a feeding ground okay. during the winter period. But they're kind of like a lawn parasite, nearly. They are. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're they're a, a lawn pest in that they yeah. they eat the roots of grass and other plants as well. Uh, you often find them in tunnels and greenhouses eating the, the base plants. They're quite st- distinctive. They're about, I suppose, two inches in length. Very rubbery. Okay, so, so you will see them Absolutely. then, obviously. Yeah. So a piece of polythene just left on the top of the lawn. Leave it overnight. Check it in the morning, and if you see them 
underneath it, take particularly action. if there's a lot of them there, you need to take some control with them. Okay. There's so only a few. That it's, there's it's no, you know, right. it's only a small bit of damage. There's no need. Okay. The daddy long legs is also yeah. serving purpose the lawns, in the late in the next year when they come exactly. to maturity. And generally, the lawns would tend to come back unless it's a very bad infestation. And uh, the the wetter the summer, the bigger the problem tends to be. Okay. Because they're. It just suits the them. adults, yeah, lay the eggs, particularly where, the, where there's moisture. Okay, so um, somebody has applied the zero lawn treatment, worked really well, no moss one week. On Is it time now to add the lawn fertiliser for, Is do we do it now or do we do it in springtime? No, no, do it now, put on the autumn feed mm. now. Um, so the zero will have killed off any moss that, that's there, works pretty rapidly within a day or two. Um, so put on the Osmo autumn lawn feed now, that'll green the lawn without forcing it. So you get a nice green colour, um, without actually the grass jumping growing and that'll it hold the colour then right through until the spring of next year so really after using the zero the next step is just put on the lawn feed continue to mow we'll be mowing the grass certainly for another month particularly with this type of, of temperatures mm. we're having at the moment and um, the autumn lawn feed will just give it a nice green, green colour I did mention last week as well that it's still perfect weather for sowing lawns if people want to put in new lawn and they can work the soil conditions or if they need to repair any any uh, dead patches or brown mm-hmm. patches by all means do that as well um, perfect sowing conditions for lawn seed and I, I know somebody else now further down there was wondering about the availability of the zero um, they would be outside I suppose of this region over the Roscommon direction well it's so. available online so right. if you go to hawkins.ie it's available online we'd ship it out straight away now I've scented roses planted for three years and hardly any flower, flowers at all should okay. I pull them up and sow a fresh lot well, uh, well the first thing to, that Phil should check is why, why aren't the roses uh, blooming I mean roses generally need uh, a bright location so yeah. make sure they're not under the canopy of trees or in the shade of other plants and um, so if the growing conditions are fine then yes if they're not flowering replace them with um, um, other good varieties what I'd recommend if you want a really nice rose that has um, fantastic show of colour, if it's colour that Phil is really looking for, it's a lovely variety called uh, Nostalgia that I brought in last week, the two-tone variety. Oh yes, that was gorgeous. A lovely sir. rose. Yeah. Uh, very easy to grow. Um, it flowers re- really well. It's still in bloom and will continue to bloom for several weeks yet. Trumpeter is a really old variety, very reliable. Arthur Bell, if you want scent, is a lovely yellow variety. It contrasts really nice with Trumpeter. The two go very well together. And this is the, a really good time of year. Again, like the hedges, if you put roses in now, many of them will still be in flower, but particularly for next year, they're going to be really strong. The root system will have developed really well during the winter period and they'll be particularly strong going into the spring of 2017 so as long as it's a bright location then yeah replant now if you are if you are planting roses back into the same piece of ground yeah um, be careful of that because there is a um, um, where, you, where you're planting new roses into uh, a piece of ground that, that roses have been grown before you can get a, a disease called rose sickness it's a, it's a disease that the roots give off uh, oh, can, can you never heard of that. there you go rose, rose sickness. sickness yeah now you can get a treatment in the garden centres um, that you add to the soil when planting the new roses. So it's a, it's a particular treatment. You add it to, to the compost uh, as you're planting the, the new rose into that. And it affects the rose the roots. The roots of roses, right. yeah. What happens, you see, is that the old dead rose or the old rose that, that's there leaves small pieces of micro roots and they, they create a fungi that attack the, the roots of the new rose. Mm. So always when you're planting roses into new roses into ground that where roses have been grown before, use that. It's a, a mycelium 
uh, treatment that you mix through the soil. If you're lo- asking your local garden centre, just mix that through the compost as you're p- putting in your new roses and they'll be perfectly fine. Now, apples are maturing. Um, so somebody's got apples on their apple trees, uh, right. but they have black spots on them. Little black spots, not mm. scab on the okay. thing again. Uh, uh, and then we can do at this stage? Well, first of all, the fruit is totally edible. Right. Oh, okay. Right. So, it, so you could make apple tarts? You couldn't. You could eat the fruit as well. I mean, yeah. It's perfectly fine if you're, if you're, Just to maybe take if you're particular, you can peel take off, it the, off the, you can peel off the right. skin. Well, you know, sometimes black spots, it's not always that attractive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's true. So yeah. they're not picture perfect, but yeah. but the scab doesn't have any. It doesn't create any issue in terms of uh, eating, eating the fruit or cooking the fruit or using the fruit in any way. What you will find is that they won't store well, so they'll tend to they, they can rot early. So you so, better make apple tarts. Well, that's it. Use them up. <laughs> give them away. They're totally edible. Um, if you if you want, you can just peel off the the skin on them. Apple scab is a disease, particularly on apples during a wet summer like we've had this year. Okay. And we've had loads of fruit on, on apple, apple trees this year. Yeah. But when you get that high level of moisture, you can't spray for it to treat the apples, but you don't want to be spraying your yeah, fruit either. So the odd blemish, the odd mark, the odd little bit of scab. And um, is there anything you can do to uh, halt it in advance, you know, from a preventative point well, of view? Well, as I say... You, you it, but it is weather dependent, is it? It's weather dependent, yeah. but you can put on, like a bit like uh, the treatment for roses, the, the rose the clear. clear. You can okay. use um, a fungicide yeah. to help prevent the problem. Now, you could use that early in the spring or as the apples are beginning to, to mature when they're quite small right. so that the treatment is worked out of the plant. But really, as they're coming up to harvest, you don't want to be spraying them. So I would just take the fruit off, use as much as you can, give away as much as you can and um, remember that they're, they're still totally edible they're fine now we have a jelly-like substance on the ground near our house and I'm afraid somebody will fall oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, what will get rid of it okay, uh, so Maureen? that's nostoc yeah. nostoc it's like a jelly substance it's an algae and when we get rainfall the algae absorbs moisture and it creates this jelly-like substance particularly in a shaded area mm. particularly on paving you'd often see it around farmyards as well um, so it's just an algae growth similar to a moss or, or any algae it reacts to the cooler autumn temperatures so it's something you're going to see over the winter period in particular um, if you want to get rid of it use PAC or PSC or, or yep. moss treatment um, that's specifically used on hard surface areas so paving tiles slates, that sort of thing, where you've got moss or algae, any form of algae, it'll kill it off within about six or seven days. So literally, again, a day like today, mix it up in your spray machine, go out, treat the area, the Gnostic will die away very, very quickly. Okay. And uh, by certainly next weekend, it should be gone. And presumably better to put it on in for where you've got a couple of dry hours anyway. Where yeah, the, yeah. Day, perfect yeah. to daylight today. You'd want a good hours, maybe two hours of drying to, to, to allow the algae to absorb it and after that it'll be fine. So a daylight day would be perfect. So pack is the treatment. Simply mix it up in water, spray it onto the area. The moss will, and the algae and the uh, Gnostic will be dead by this day week. Now, somebody else, I would say, similar situation, um, but we'll just double check to make sure it's it's the correct advice. Uh, a lot of stonework paving in their garden. Uh, again, clearing off green growth. Um, what would you suggest to clear it Well, off? again, the, you, the, the pack, pack treatment you'll find very, very yeah. effective. Put on dry weather. We're coming into that time of year, Deirdre, with the, mm. with the cooler temperatures. Moss is beginning to creep back in your lawns. It's creeping back in your thing in your patios and, and paving so treat it now before it becomes a pr- problem that I suppose that was the point I was making mm. last week with the zero on the lawns if you treat it now it doesn't become this major problem in March and April of next year so prevention rather than curing the problem in a couple of months time My hosta didn't grow this year no sign at all 
didn't grow. Didn't grow. Oh, right. <laughs> and I know, I think we had another hosta that didn't flower. Right, well, hostas yeah. are really, really easy to grow. So I'm very surprised that it, it hasn't come back. And they tend to be a long-lived plant. And, and like I mentioned at the top of the programme, they're a very easy plant for, to propagate and divide and give away to neighbours and friends and all that. So look, I would suggest replanting. Hostas like a, a moist retentive soil they do very well in shade they dislike dry soil say under a tree or under other plants if it's smothered out by the plants it's just going to die away or if it's in competition with other plants for moisture because of the big leaves it needs plenty of moisture and so it it does very well in moisture retentive soils or soils are a bit clay or heavy uh, by nature it, okay. so if it dries out it'll just wither back to nothing um, it will eventually die if it's in under a kind of a shaded or yeah. dark particularly if it's dry the dryness is really the problem with hosta so they like an open area um, they will tolerate shade but the shade needs to be damp the soil needs to be damp around them and a, fl- a hosta that didn't flower this year leaves are green and all that but yeah well the, the ten as young plants the t- it takes them a number of years to flower anyway so that, that wouldn't be unsurprising um, so particularly if it's kind of a one two three year old plant it tends they tend to flower as they get older to help them to flower you can put on sulfur of potash around the base of them that'll help to in- encourage them to flower next year they're, they're I suppose not really known for their flowers they're grown mainly for their foliage, foliage colour yeah. and indeed some gardeners would actually take the flowers off because they're not they're not the, that spectacular yeah the I think I think I think they're much nicer without the flower myself yeah. but that's again well, that's it. subjective so yeah. some people will actually remove the flowers yeah. some varieties aren't particularly strong at flowering they're more they're grown more for the foliage yeah. effect um, but having said that if you want to encourage them to flower put some sulphur potash on them now that'll help to bring them into flower next year and as the plants mature anyway they settle down to flowering what is the name of the strong flavoured garlic well, <laughs> I'm sure there's like a million different kinds of garlic. Well, they, they do. They come in. They come in kind of you know mild, medium, and, and strong. Uh, the strongest one from memory is a variety called Marco. M A R C O. It's a French variety. Um, plant it now. This is actually the time to plant garlic in the garden. A bit like the winter onion sets. It, they're winter hardy. You buy the, the cloves in the garden centre. You break them up. You plant them about 12 inches apart. They grow during the winter or spring and they'll be ready to harvest about June, July of next year. So it's a good time to put in garlic. So if you want a really strong flavoured one, Marco is a very good one. Okay, great. Um, bulbs for a shaded area, wooded area. Okay, uh, well, yeah, uh, think uh, of typically... And when the, to plant. The, well, now blue is the time bells. certainly for the... For, yeah, bluebells, but, but just be careful with the bluebells in that they can spread quite a lot. Okay. So, uh, you know, as long as it's a big woodland, the bluebells are perfectly fine. Uh, Dog-tooth violet is a lovely small flowering um, bulb that can be planted at this time of year. It only grows about four or five in- inches high, pink in colour, really nice in woodlands. Snowdrops do so well in woodland areas. Uh, winter aconites, which is a yellow flowering um, uh, plant, which only grows again about three or four inches in height, mm. comes into flower in December, so it's really early, really nice in woodland areas. Crocuses, they come in a whole range of different type and do very well in, in, in woodland areas. So there's there's quite a lot of bulbs. All the Narcissi family will tend to do very well. Lovely variety called Jetfire, which is a two-toned, it's orange and yellow in colour and again only grows about 10 or 12 inches high. So pop it to your local garden centre. All the spring, winter and spring flowering bulbs are available at the moment. Cyclamen, Cyclamen. great plant right. for oh, woodland yeah. areas. Really nice, particularly along the edges or the borders along by and a pathway. And loads of colours. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and it comes in a whole range of different colours. So there's a wide range of bulbs you can plant at this time of year. The key thing is to put them in clusters of the same variety. So if you're putting in Narcissi, put in 30 or 40 of the same uh, 
type together, create uh, this clustered effect. And that's where you'll have the real show of colour. you get a real sp- splash of colour. Um, and then you can divide them in years to come. You can lift them and move them into other areas as well. Lovely. And maybe introduce a couple of herbaceous plants like the hostas would be lovely in a woodland area or some of the ferns as well to give a bit of colour. Okay, in about 30 seconds, my garden is full of wireworm and they're attacking my potatoes. How do we get rid of them? We'll get the potatoes out of the ground as soon as possible. That's okay. the first thing because yeah. the wireworm lives in the ground for three years. So he's going to continue to feast on your potatoes. So get them out of the ground as early as you can. Um, next year, use the uh, Super Nemos, the treatment that I mentioned. It's normally used in June, July, in the warmer months as the potato crop is developing. If you treat the wireworm, then it won't be a problem. So that's the Super Nemo. So really for next year, for this year, it's too late really to treat it. I would take them out of the ground and then so treat... So quick, quick harvesting? Quick harvesting, get them out of the soil now. They're only going to continue to be damaged and the wireworm will go right through them and create a streak through the potato. So get them out of the ground now and treat with Super Nemo's next summer. Okay, you're in straight on Monday, so... Oh, I'm in straight on Monday. I nearly forgot that. Yeah. Eight o'clock in the, uh, in, in the church, in the marquee in the church, I'm going to give a talk on, on autumn gardening. Okay, and all welcome. It's a free talk. Thank you very much, Pork. Thanks, we David. will talk to you next Saturday. You uh, stand by Michael Leary on the way after the news at 10, which is next. Uh, I'll be back again next Saturday, just after 7. Until then, have yourselves a great weekend. Good morning to you.